Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. They are fixtures galore. So we're just going to talk about what we think of the season so far. Jude Bellingham's in trouble for uh, some hanky-panky or some, I don't know, misspoken words about a bad referee. We do results league. We got front three, back four, and we may talk about some games. We'll see. Let's go. Right, tis the season of congested fixtures. So instead of passing out through some of the games. I wanted to talk about, although Danny didn't want to, conversation killer. Uh, now, I've had a great sense of this stuff. And you know me, like, I'm, I know a lot of football. You guys know this. Um, history, uh, human encyclopedia of football. But for me, I'm getting this feeling, more of a feeling about this season or a general sense. I'm really enjoying this season. I was watching, I can't remember which game I was watching last week. I think it was some random game. And I was like... No, actually, it was the Arsenal Man United one, and I was, and we obviously just a lost. Random, just a random one. Just a ra- We can't keep just going straight to like Manchester United and Arsenal. That's why I'm trying to. I've been trying to steer it away from it. And yeah, that's literally what you just did. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I was trying to be more casual about it. Just a bit more. Oh, just yeah. by just by chance, what I watched the Man United Arsenal game, and um, like you know, you never want your team to lose. Um, but I wasn't too disappointed with Arsenal in the way in which they lost. And, you know, it's, it's been a bit kind of I don't know, sour for a lot of Arsenal fans, myself including at certain periods of the time. And it just made me think, it, it's not just Arsenal that I'm kind of enjoying from, at least from the start of this season, but the, the, the season as a whole. And part of that is, I think we referred to it last week or the week before about not knowing where certain teams finished. And I'm like, well, is it the strongest Premier League season, at least for uh, as far as I can remember, which is usually last Tuesday, that's about as far as my memory goes. But no, it just seems like it's a, a, a pretty strong season. We look more at the relegation battle and I thought, oh, Norwich is shit. And I realised, oh, actually, they're, they're on the same points as the two teams above them. They've got two wins. So my question is, is this the best season in the history of the Premier League? I mean, what are we, a third of the way through? Well, like, look, you said you was going to do this thing about it's early, but that's I think that's part of the beauty of it, is that like usually there's maybe two or three teams vying, or two teams vying for a Premier League, you know, look one area and then someone else wins it. And so it's same for the relegation battle. But I, I think that adds to the beauty of it because, yes, it is early, but it's still kind of like, it's still competitive pretty much from top to bottom. And I'm hoping what that's makes, going to be what makes a good league for you then? Is it all about competitiveness? Is that what makes it such a good league? Um, when I watch when I watch or see certain fixtures, and I'm not say disappointed by watching Crystal Palace versus Watford, that makes it a good season for me. When it's not just surrounded around watching the bigger teams, the only team I've not really watched this season is Norwich, and based on their their two wins, I feel like I should start watching them. But I'm 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 just enjoying watching football. Yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like last season and this season are quite similar. I don't. I think a lot of the teams are very similar. It's, a, it's only a year apart, but well, I think I think we had three years languishing with Lampard, weren't they? This time last year, 
Yeah, I'll disagree with yeah. that. Well, I in terms of strength, I'm I'm thinking. Um, well, it's either stronger or weaker. It's like one or the other. Yeah, but I don't think there's much in it. I don't think it's like significantly stronger. What I think we've had is before last season we had three years of runaway winners, and uh, we had one year where Liverpool and City run away, one year where City run away, and one year where Liverpool run away, and it was like. They made the rest of the league look so bad. So I think because we don't have the top one or two teams running away, it's made the rest of the league seem stronger because they're obviously dropping points like West Ham beating Chelsea, who are the current leaders. But yeah. Um, well, no, but City's the current leaders now. Oh, yeah. I'm going off uh, last week. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Is it stronger? I, I think. You split the league into like three sections, don't you? You say who's the top six? Is it the strongest top six we've had? Are there, is it the best? Who's your, who's your top six? And, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't split. The top top three, but who's the top six? I'd say the, the traditional top six will finish top six this season. The I I I think West Ham are, are there there thereabouts, but the traditional top six makes six six of the seven. So it's not it's not like. That when we say top six, we mean City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, Arsenal, and that's that. Other than West Ham, the rest. Yeah, but of that, that's that's that. like the traditional top six. You're talking like the big four, where Arsenal was in there. Arsenal haven't been part of this, like the largest section of teams for a number of seasons. This is about as good as season we've had for for a number of years. So that's why it's better for me. Like it's not the fact that all right, it's looking like what it does year in, year out. The last few years, it hasn't looked like this. I, I think yeah. the problem you've got is recently we've had last year, which was the year after COVID, but there was horrible fixture congestion because the league had started late and everything else happened. There were still COVID cases and stuff like there are now. The year before that was actual COVID. So there was lockdown. So half the games were behind closed doors. So that didn't count. So you have to go back three or four years before you can start comparing to a proper season again. And even now, is this a proper season that now we're going to start seeing COVID cases come out again? Probably not. Um, so I think there's a recency element to it for sure. That's making you feel like it's the first competitive one we've seen in a few years because it, it is because it's the first normal one with fans back. Are you, so you, how are you going to say like uh, it's? It seems like it because it is. I mean, you've just you've just agreed with me while trying to disagree with me at the same time. I I well, it's more the the fact we're 15 games into the season. And actually, most leagues look competitive after 15 games. It's the Christmas actually separates a lot of the, the bigger teams to the mid-table ones. So when you when we say big six, you have I, the traditional big six, and then most recently you've had sort of Leicester probably is the one who's been in and in thereabouts. So probably big seven. Come Christmas, when they, you get fixture congestions, is where those teams tend to separate from from the rest of the league. When it's week one game a week, the league usually is competitive. Come Christmas, there comes a separation. So well I mean that's the way, that's the whole premise of, of of playing in a league. But take what take Newcastle for an instance, right? Because one of the things I thought about particularly in Newcastle is and uh Danny you asked during the week why do I think that the league seems to be much better. And I just think that there's more attacking players and more quality attacking players than probably the league has had in a long time. Because using Newcastle as an example in their front three, or at least, you know, you want to put Joe Linton in there with Wilson and St. Maximum, they're not going to be, you know, they're not 
Premier League top three, top four type players. I don't know, maybe St. Maximum thinks he is. But they're still quality. They're, they're still teams that they shouldn't be in relegation battles. Uh, Norwich, probably not so much, but they're in the same points as them. Watford, Southampton. I can't, like Southampton for me, they're not even that bad of a side. I don't even understand why they're so close to the relegation battle. Uh, I mean, Brentford were good. I guess they're no good anymore. I don't know. Crystal Palace. I was really surprised by Crystal Palace, sorry, because for me, Crystal Palace is quality this season, but they sit in 14th. I I think what you're also seeing this year versus previous years is we have a lot of really good managers in the league. Like, I know Vieira may become great. I don't know. He is doing a good job, but I think Southampton are doing better than... uh, could be easily in a relegation battle, but I think Hassan Hill's a really good manager, actually, and we'll get the best out of them. I think you're seeing some really good managers in the league, which is why we're probably seeing some good football. I'd be inclined yeah, to agree because I thought that, but I was like, why have we lost five managers so far? Or was it five? Well, it six now? Or is it five still? Uh, so we lost the Watford, uh, Watford, Newcastle, uh, Ollie at Main United. Ollie. Ollie and Norwich, yeah. So, um, Villa. I think I think it's one of it is is t- the lower teams not s- are, are taking more of a risk. So you're getting Gerrards, you're getting <clears throat> yeah, they're taking a bit more risk with their managers than than going safe. Like it's probably not the year for yeah, it's not probably the year for a big Sam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Hasselhoen's a good manager. I'm, I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I think like ten years ago, Italian managers were the flavour of the month. And German managers with Klopp being so good, Ranić being the best around. <laughs> no, but Ducal. Ducal. Yeah, I think there's a like he he fits the mold. And that's I'm, what's I'm, funny about Norwich because I think they they were like, we need to get a German manager. We're going to get the most German sounding manager and think, all right, he must be because he's like super yeah. German, and then realize he's probably the worst. Yeah, and I, I do I do sometimes wonder if. Like you hear him and you hear like, oh, okay, he knows what he's talking about. He's he's clock light, and then yeah, it's, he's like the it's German like, version of Chris Eubank. He's lost nine. Football twice. goes in cycles. Like the type of football that's played goes in cycles. You know, we had the years of four four two, then we had a few years of five at the back, and then then there was the you know now's the years of it's the time of pressing and um you know the eight second yeah. five second win the ball back. And the reason you're mentioning all these managers and Hassan Hill gets mentioned and Pochettino gets mentioned is they are that. Gegenpress, press the german pressing system that uh has been invented they are all proponents of that that's what they all play and that's why they're all kind of rising to the top because their style of football is what everyone wants to see and is winning and is doing well so that's what's rising to the top you know the years when Mourinho was at the top and others was very different it was all defensive it was very different tactical styles of football so i think that's why and i think hassan hill uh, i don't it's, I was really surprised he went to Southampton. He when he he was at Leipzig and won the league with them, was all apparently going to go to Bayern. Like all the big teams were going to get him, and then he just didn't. Ended up somehow coming to at Southampton, and yeah, it's, 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 his career is kind of stalled. But he was like a you know just like Tuchel and Klopp, and his name was thrown around like those guys. They were all kind of part of the same school of managers that came along with the same philosophy, and I think that's why he gets talked about in the same vein. Well, I think like with Chelsea competing for the top three as well, like we said earlier, Manchester City and Liverpool were pretty much neck and neck or going head to head, what, for the last two seasons, three seasons, maybe? Yeah. Chelsea and Tuchel coming into it and being actually quality. And they're sitting in third at this point. I don't know. I just think that I know it's early, but 
I think we can still make a judgment on it because what will it take then? Would it be like by Christmas, by Jan, by February? Is it the end of the season? And looking back and thinking, oh, this looks tight or I enjoyed this season or there were more goals this season. What What is it that for you will make it convincing whether this is a good or bad season compared to others? Well, a good season for me, uh, well, I, my value of good isn't, isn't the same as quality as quality and strength. So good for me is a title race, a top four race and a relegation battle. Yeah. Like, which we currently like, have at the moment. Yeah. And and for me, I'm like, once you get towards the, the last few games of the season, what, what, there, there was one season, was it two years ago or last, or last year, where there was nothing on the last day of the season? Yeah, and that, and that is the worst. It's all about the yeah. last season. Was it one, one relegation battle? Like one relegation yeah, and team it was unlikely or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. so um, <clears throat> that's how I rate a good season. So uh, in terms of good, I, I've, I've enjoyed this season as well, I think. I think there's the most hope in teams. Like, do you know when they talk about fans' hope for the season? I feel like there's a lot of clubs that are, have are on the, the positive, like, in, in. But like, it's, it's still early in the season. But for me, every game now for a lot of teams is so important. It's like six point swings here. The match we had against Everton yesterday, you know, it's always horrible to lose against a last minute goal. But like, that was just, I feel like that's such a crucial game for what could potentially be fourth, fifth or sixth compared to the others. As soon as you drop some points and then the other teams don't, I feel like, I don't know, some teams could be pressing the panic button. Maybe not. So so you know how I love my stats and data and I love an argument based yeah. on stats and data. So when you asked the question earlier in the week, I did think, I'll just have a look back and see if I can remember any, if there's any information out there, any data around some of the best league seasons we've had. And I know you're a massive encyclopedia of football, so you remember this very oh, well. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to tell me why we didn't know, but for the yeah. listeners. Um, but we were young, but Mark, you will probably remember some of this, particularly the United 5-0. But if you cast your mind back, there is a, if you hear the story of what happened in the 96-97 season, I think I was reading about it and I was like, this is mad. Like how this season happened, I don't know. So Newcastle at Christmas had a 12-point lead. They'd just beaten United 5-0. They went on to not win the title, Man United did, but they went on to uh, to just miss out. And Liverpool, Arsenal and Newcastle all finished on the same points just behind Man United. Leicester finished ninth, which was only seven points above the relegation zone. There was actually only two points that separated 12th and 18th. And the 18th who went down, 17th was um, Middlesbrough, and they went down by two points. But they were actually fined three points for the late cancellation of a game. They also had the player of the season in Ravinelli and Giannini, uh, I think. Uh, they also got to the FA Cup final and the League Cup final and missed out on both of them. Um, it was just a ludicrous uh, thing. And you, I, I look at a season like that and just think, I don't know if we'll ever have a season like that again. But maybe, maybe this is that season. Well, I mean, that sounds exceptional. The, the year we won the, the treble. Um, 99. Was, yeah, wasn't. They're free. Arsenal, Chelsea, and Man United could have won the league on the last day. Yeah. So we've had we've had similar things. So we had three teams could have won it that day. Man City won their first title. Was it? On I mean, goal that Aguero moment. Yeah. It is. But that was on. Didn't they win it on goal difference? So, like, that's yeah. pretty close. Um, Against QPR. But you, you said earlier, Chris, that you think it's like a really attacking kind of league and there's lots of goals and more. one that's the style of football but I look at some of the players and this is really evident when you look at 
you're trying to pick a fool in fantasy football right now. Like, there's no Agueros anymore. There's no... There's, there are, but they've classed them as midfield. They fucking put them in midfield, didn't yeah, it? They're, like, they're, 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 it's no, impossible. Family Young is not a midfielder. Like, Oh, right, Yang's uh, useless. He's got a show. Really left with Ivan Tony, Dennis, or Pookie. That's like yeah. it. Yeah, like, but this is or Antonio, who's a left. So, but Son and Rashford <laughs> and Salah and all of them—they're not number nines. They're not out and out strikers. So, so fair enough. Like they've decided just to put number nines as strikers. But even still, I don't think we got the caliber of goal scorers that we've had in the past yet. There's still tons of goals, and I think it's, it's more like it's more it's more play. that's why it's more team football orientated. That's why I like. Some of these teams like um, Brentford, obviously being touted as good sides, Leeds, Crystal Palace. You know, obviously it's it's obvious to say Man City are a good uh, team orientated football. Uh, Chelsea are probably the same now, but the, the mid table, mid to lower table teams. I mean, Watford scoring left, right, and centre outside of Dennis, they're getting a few goals themselves. So it's just, yeah, maybe it's a style of football. Maybe it's a style of football making these players look better than they are. Um, I don't know what the overall goal scoring is for the teams overall compared to other seasons versus their defence. Because um, I've never actually been convinced by this three in the back, two wing back types in terms of that's a good, that's just pure attacking, isn't it? And you're always going to be liable for uh, conceding goals. If you that, do that. that was a classic, um, like Conte brought it in, Pochettino brought it in. They, yeah. Those three at the back with wing backs. It's, it's the style of football they play. If you high press, then of course you want your wing backs high because you're going to win the ball back and you want to outnumber them when you're up. So of course it makes sense to do that if you're going to be a possession-based team as well. And particularly if you've got centre-backs nowadays who are really good on the ball, who can ping passes. You, know, if you look at like random, you know, Anderson for Crystal Palace who's been missing the last three games and they've conveniently lost. You just think he's a nothing defender, but all of the all the um, stuff starts with him, he plays a he does a Van Dyke plays a sixty yard ball out to Zaha, and the game starts. You know, without him, they don't have that. So I think there's it depends on the structure, but I think the managers and the style of play is having a massive impact more so than the players, maybe in terms of the quality of player that we've got. Yeah, well, I think we're we're by far the richest league, and other leagues are struggling. So true, the the league isn't splashing the cash like. <clears throat> Uh, the German league seems to be doing all right, but like there, there aren't the leagues are struggling. So, the, so the, I say the players just by default are going to be better quality. It was interesting. Zaha had a had an interview before the Man United game, and he was saying that his aim for Palace this season would be come the last ten games have something to look forward to. And he said the last few seasons we're not going to get relegated and we're not going to make Europe. So we've kind of not really tried the last few games of the season. So I do think one of the differences about using that term is early in the season is because teams do have still have goals and, and yeah. they're still, they still have something to fight for. So that's why come end of Jan, when a team's like, well, we're not really going to go up the table, but we're, we're safe from relegation. That We talk about teams being on the beach. So It'll be interesting this season how that that pans out. So yeah, well, I mean, Crystal Palace are closer to relegation than than top five. So hopefully, he's not looking forward to getting out of it. But they only won one in five, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's because they're competitive in a more, isn't it? It's like yeah. Talking of, uh, it's funny you mentioned La Liga because oh, have I frozen? No, you're good. Good. Have we frozen? I, you, you guys did freeze. I think I missed it. 
<laughs> no, I was just going to say, because you mentioned La Liga, and I thought it just made me think about it, because we were talking about how this is a bit of a bizarre season and it's really competitive. Without looking, you might have looked already. I bet you can't name the top four in La Liga. You'd be sure. Um, Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, it's not Barcelona. No. Uh, Atletico. Just then fourth, yeah. Yeah. And I only look at this because of gambling purposes. Um, is that... Oh, no, I'm not going to get the other it, two. It's Sevilla and Real Betis. Anyway, the point is... I was going to say Betis, fuck. It's early in the season, that's one thing. But also, I think there's... I don't know why. I'm looking I hate at this Sevilla. early in the season stuff. I mean, I hate it. I don't know why. It's really no, like... It's exactly what really it's like irks me. Everyone's got a purpose. Everyone's playing to their top potential. There's been no midweek clashes yet because it's still early in the season. So they What's the point then? We might as well just do a freaking... Uh, uh, what's that game with the manager's game? You know, on PC, you love, used to love it. That oh, football, football, manager. Manager. football manager, there we go. <laughs> football manager, you might as well just do a simulation and just go to the end of the season every no, day. Like, it was like, why, what, this, what, this, what's the point in having a season if we can't enjoy it and talk about it in respect to say no, no, it's just early no. in the season? No, no, because you're comparing it to other seasons. It was like two years ago, they were saying, Is Liverpool, is that Liverpool team the greatest Premier League team ever? Yeah. I mean, I weren't saying that. People were like, they, they were before Christmas Day. Not me. And the main argument was, well, you don't know yet. Like, yeah. This, yeah. This, it's early in the season. So, so a season unbeaten, time, and then you, then let's talk. And, and yeah, we, we spoke about it before. Like, uh, there's certain tick boxes they needed to do. And that, that's the same here. It's like, is this the most competitive season? I'd say so far, yeah. For a while. I, I, I For think a while. outside of City and Liverpool, I think... It, Every team goes in thinking they can win that match. I, I, I've, to be honest, that when I see City and Liverpool, I'm like they're going to beat whoever they're playing. You think? You think Chelsea goes into one of those games and thinks like we've got no I chance? Think what, no, no. I think West Ham went in against Chelsea thinking we can beat those. Right. I, I think West Ham goes against Liverpool thinking we have to be our, our best here and hope things go our way. And and may I don't think they're going with no hope, but I think Liverpool and City have beaten teams. Like mentally before they go out, I think and it's funny. Chelsea. I think it's funny you say that about West Ham and Chelsea because that first half, West Ham looked like they they gave them too much respect. West Ham looked like yeah. they did not want to win it, and I think they came in at half time. And Moyes went, "Have you seen these guys? They're literally not on it. They've made about twelve mistakes. Just pressure them. Like, give them, you actually can win." And obviously they went out and they did. And I think um, more teams are giving. Uh, I think Chelsea and Liverpool and City probably do demand a bit of respect from a lot of teams. Um, but if once they show that they're not on it in the day, then of course the team goes, all right, actually we've got a chance here. But you need a good manager like Moyes to be able seeing, to see, Seeing as you say it's too early in the season, we'll finish on this. What, what would be your hope for the rest of the season? You can say it for Man United, you can say it as a season as a whole. What is the what's the overall hope? Man United win and then everyone else behind or what? Yeah. We win. We go on a massive winning streak. <laughs> and then, uh, do you know what? I went into the season thinking, I don't think we'll win the league, but please be closer. Like, And I think I said it on our first pod was for United, even if we finished third, but we were closer to top than when we finished second last year, I see that as, as progress. Do you mean closer by points or position? Points. points like, yeah. So we finished second last year, but was nowhere near. We could finish third in theory this year and be closer to the to the top. And I'm like, I just want to see our team compete. And and that's massively been 
dented now, but a little bit of hope with the new manager, a brilliant 30 minutes and, uh, and hope. So I'm like, that for me, that's what I want to see. I want to see us start going back up the league now. So. I have a feeling, Mark. I don't know if you've seen United's next 12 fixtures, but if you look at United's... 12. Week, 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if you've seen their next 30 fixtures. No, no, let me, let me read this out. This is United's 12 fixtures. From now, all the way up until March, this is how United are going to play in the league. Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa, Burnley again, Southampton, Leeds, Watford, West Ham. The That's f- their fixture list until March. So yeah, and then March, together. you've got Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool. Yeah, but Mark's saying he'd like them to go on a nice long run of wins. Well, yeah. here's a 12-game streak. Is, it's it's, it's almost like they, they timed the second to exactly. go with it. <laughs> that is a ridiculous, ridiculously crazy. That's this new manager bounce. It'd be interesting if because they say new manager bounce is last nine games. And I'm like, I wonder if, if it's because managers get sacked when the nine easiest games are coming. No, but that's a ridiculous fiction. You don't normally get... 12 games in a row without any of the top six. I mean, West Ham are in there, but further down the line. But I mean, that's not, no traditional yeah. top six in there. That's amazing. What about you, Dan? What are you hoping for? Well, hopefully, Man United are going to go on 12, <laughs> 12 game unbeaten streak. Uh, I'm now thinking, how am I going to get Man United players in my fantasy team? Um, Don't do it. Don't do it. What am I hoping for? Uh, more of the same, to be honest. I think. Um, I mean, there's now rumours, there's now talk, because the African Cup of Nations is meant to be in Cameroon, and of course, COVID basically started down there. So they're now wondering whether that's even going to happen. Started in Cameroon? You, well, down in you, Africa. You read the news? Um, no, you know what I mean. Um, they don't want to, they're worried about doing a tournament in Africa, understandably. Um, so be, I feel African like that should be concerned most years, but carry on. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think uh, depending on whether that happens, it's going to have a big impact because when I know it's only going to be for like four or five games, but if you lose Salas and Mane's, you lose Mendy from Chelsea, you lose um, players like that. Half of um, Crystal Palace. Half, <laughs> yeah, uh, half of the Leicester team as well, and Didi and a few others. I, I, it's going to have a massive impact because you're going to get... It will, it will go ahead though. Like It, it, it will I, probably, they'll probably move it. They'll do it at Wembley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure, the FA will. will no, they'll do it. They'll do it in Abu Dhabi, or they'll do it in Qatar. Yeah. And as as a, as an Arsenal fan who hasn't real got hasn't got that much jeopardy when it comes to the African Cup of Nations, like I'm hoping some of these teams get decimated, so it just makes it that more interesting for the ones that are kind of like in the middle or top up, you know, kind of like upper third. You, you look at Spurs, like even now, right? Spurs have now got because of that game that was abandoned with Burnley because of the snow. So they've already got a game they're owed. Mm. But now, what, seven or eight of their, of their team have now got COVID announced today. So they might not even be able to field the team so they might have to call their game off. Then there's going to be more fixture congestion. Before you know it, um, there's going to be teams with three or four games having to play in you know a short span. If they're losing people as well, we're seeing injuries galore at the moment. Like West Ham's team's just been decimated, all of them. So I think we're in for. A, I don't. I don't think what we're seeing now is how it's going to end. I think there's going to be massive twists and turns in this. No, season. but that's that's the whole point for me. It's like yeah, it won't end as it is now, but that's it. It's like what is going to happen? I have no idea. And even with the 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 team that's going to win the Premier League. I think it's a three-team race. I don't think Chelsea are quite out of it yet. I think for the top five... Uh, uh, what's this? Of course they're not out of it. They were top last week. <laughs> well, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And obviously they just lost against West Ham. I'm just saying they're, they're not out of it and I don't see themselves getting out of it anytime soon. And then even with the teams behind them for uh, vying for fourth competitive and then relegation, I just think I would just want to see more competitiveness and hopefully the yeah. African Cup of Nations, Christmas fixtures, all that stuff will, will help sort that out. And then 
by yeah, the end of the season. This year. And Newcastle to go down. Yeah, Newcastle to go down. I'd love we it. We don't need. We don't. I, I liked Newcastle until they became another superpower. So. Yeah, until they became yeah, assholes. We, we don't. Yeah. I still like them because we don't need another superpower. Whether it's this year or next year, and they have to come out of the championship, it was it's, it's happened now. It's unavoidable. But I like Eddie Howe, and I feel, I feel like the appointment of Eddie Howe has made it feel less like they're a super club and more like they're a club in transition. We've got a few years yet before they turn into. I don't know. Like well, they, they they have to be cautious this year. It's, they have to they have to know if they're actually going to survive or go down, and then they can decide whether they're going to get a top tier manager and paid through the nose for them. Um, Jude Bellingham's in trouble or he was in yes. trouble um, we'll quickly touch this one this week he made some comments it was the big, biggest match in Germany Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund uh, Borussia Dortmund lost 3-2 some uh, contentious penalty decisions although I watched the highlights because I don't watch German football in its entirety well two, two takeaways um, and I'm just going to go on a tangent because I say what he did but um, the two takeaways I had from the highlights that's uh, what I watched one, um, I don't know if the penalty claims was that bad. You know, I know that it's it, it's clearly they talked about this referee before the game, but I don't know if the penalty claims were that bad. And two, this is why I keep losing bets against Borussia Dortmund. They look terribly defensively. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what to make of that. But, um, yeah, I, it's a weird one. You think, like, a referee who has been match-fixing in the past would be banned for life? So I'm quite surprised as to why he's been allowed to. And yeah, like they must have talked about before, because even, um, did you see Harlan's interview afterwards as well, talking about the yeah. referee? Well, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. Well, they must have. Bellingham was two years old when the match-fixing scandal was, uh, Good memory. was done. Yeah, so, so like obviously, yeah. And so obviously he, uh, they've, they have been told before. I, I have real mixed feelings about this. One about, Jude Bellingham getting fined. I almost feel like managers and players should get two minutes where they can say what they want because I find it so refreshing hearing it. it whether I agree with him or not, I like hearing it. Like if I, I want to hear hear players moan a bit more, so I'd love that they wouldn't necessarily get fined like that because otherwise we're just going to end up with boring interviews like we always get in oh we do today yeah we get yeah, it now on he, the, day. Uh, the, the problem with that is the reason he's been fined is for right, rightly or wrongly whatever he said you know yes this this ref was found guilty of match fixing years ago but he's insinuated that the ref is clearly fixing the match and of course if people just come out and say that kind of stuff before you know it like it brings yeah these people, well danny people, just like people. just like my ex-wife once a cheater always a cheater <laughs> To know, to know about your previous wife, yeah. fair enough. Uh, but, but, uh, to be, but also, it's basically he's been fined two weeks' wages. He earns, I think, he earns 80, 90 grand a month. Yeah, and I think when it comes to these penalties, that one of the fines is they're, they're incremental, isn't it? The first one isn't going to be too devastating for them, and then as you, if you continue to do so, um, it just gets worse and worse. I just never understand why referees in general are just. This guy was involved in match fixing. How yes, could he be on reproach? So, so How is that even possible? So I did. Um, I, I looked into it a little bit before this pod. I, he was so during the match fixing scandal. He was one of the referees that went to the German FA to report there's been there's match fixing going on, and they didn't. They took they dragged their heels. They didn't believe it, and. and it turns out he took a bribe 
and on one of the games or something. He wasn't the main guy match fixing. No, the main guy was a guy called what was his name? Um, Robert Heuser. So I guess what they've said is, well, he was one of the whistleblowers who was in it, and he accepted a bribe of three hundred euros from a. <laughs> He must be, yeah, he must be like a drug addict, uh, a gambling addict, some kind of addict. To be honest, he probably took it. He probably took it for safety because it it sounded like some Croatian crime scene. So it was like, um, yeah, I I imagine. Not for he couldn't refuse. Yeah. He probably was held at knife point or something and told, just take the the bribe. Yeah. So, because um, yeah, the because two, I read that four four refs tried got together and said we need to to report this. Two of them had to go had to for their own safety be like taken off and and I don't know if they went into hiding or what, but they they couldn't ref again just for safety. Well, they ain't hiding now. I mean, it's not that far away. Yeah. So um, I always find it difficult. Like there's in, in lots of sports, you get this with athletes, right? So you get like in Australia, the cricket with that scandal where they were tampering with the ball. And then the people like Steve Smith and whatever, it's all just fine. They've had the year out, but they weren't allowed to play. Now they come back, still the best in the world, destroys England every now and again. Like you think, well, hold Hopefully on, not this week. how can that be fair? But then you get athletes of, and then you get some who just miss a, a um, drugs test. Uh, and then they're banned for however long, and then you get some who are actually doing, who are actually doping, and they're still allowed back. It just seems to be there's no logic sometimes used in some of these things. And like you said, Chris, all right, even if he wasn't the main the main guy in the match fixing, he took a bribe in a match. He should not be a professional referee in the top league of that country. Right? Just there's yeah. so many that would do that job. Why on earth would you do? do no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. If, if even if they gave him a position somewhere else within the organization, you yeah. can't have him refereeing matches simply because every single decision he's going to make is going to be under scrutiny. You did it before, you'll do it again. So that, that that's simply it. Like for me, it could be worse than that. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter how involved he was in the scandal, whether he got forced or bribed, stuff like that. I just think, surely, like, do you remember? Do you know what happened to um, the Italian officials? Isn't it because Italian officials? Did match fixing, didn't they, a few years ago? What when Juventus got relegated to the third tier? After yeah, was it was it was it that was that referees I, and stuff? I haven't yeah, I haven't got to that episode of Bad Sport. I don't know if any of you have been watching Bad Sport on Netflix. No, it's really no. good. Uh, Star Wars the Sopranos again. It's really that's, making me paranoid. Uh, episode one is a headache. Uh, NBA, uh, not an NBA player, the co- a college basketball player who should have gone to the N- NBA. What Len Bias? Uh, I can't remember his full name. Uh, mm. he, he was called Headache, and he used to have Headache on his thing, but it's not his oh, real name. Um, but yeah, it was like the first incident of point shaving uh, in basketball. The second one's about NASCAR, and then the third episode is the Juventus uh, scandal. And uh, so, it's bad. yeah, the Juventus one's bad. Yeah, it's definitely worth. Uh, that, that it's a good documentary series. What's so it called far. Again? Bad sport. It's bad something. sport. All right, I'll look that up. I like a good documentary like that. Give it a go. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about any of the games that have gone on so far? I'll just go to well, results league. I was going to say, I know we talk about Man United a lot, but there is actually reason to talk about Man United considering we've got a brand new manager. And first, like... He did this last week. week. No, this was his first game. Oh. Did we Carrick just beat Arsenal? And then it was his first game. 
mean, what? All right, what do you want to say about it? Well, him? I just wanted to say, first clean sheet of the season. Maguire all of a sudden looked like some superstar player again. And um, you've not done this for any new manager. This is Man United specific. Yeah, I'm saying for Ralf Ranić, just yeah. a big shout out. I think really positive. What uh, I think it's I think it's too early to say. I think it's too early to say. Well, I think the one interesting stat I liked, which of course everyone's going to jump on, because they we all talked about Ranić's style and how could he possibly get anything across in 48 hours. But um, I think it, it may not have won the ball in the final third more times than any team in the league of the weekend and more times than a Man United team has since Alex Ferguson so in terms of pressing and winning the ball back they did something right lovely thanks for that Dan any other games let's go results league yeah, how about that Mason Mount's goal oh, that was class do you see that Mason Mount's goal Mount, yeah, yeah. That he's, he's class he's class power for a side foot oh, it's just I, I, I preferred the cross I preferred uh, the cross at the end like um, massive, massive, yeah, because yeah. he um he he celebrated like he meant it. I don't know, like he did not act like it was. A, well, like, I don't know. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really think he might have seen him off his line. I don't know. No, he's come out afterwards on Twitter and said uh, on Instagram, and he said um it was a cross. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. There you go. But the way he celebrated was like, yep, yeah, I knew yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he celebrated almost like, yep, I know what I'm doing, and also I used to play for them. Yeah, yeah. Mendy probably had the worst game of his life. I yeah, mean, he was at full. Was he looked like he looked like an African goalkeeper there. Like he, he looked bad. <laughs> he looked bad. <laughs> he looked bad. He looked bad. Um, let's just do results league and see what we get with that. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I had um, I had one gimme and one throwaway, and <laughs> neither worked out for me. Surprising. Uh, my gimme was uh, what was it? Newcastle to beat Norwich 2-0. You just picked the wrong Newcastle game. Shocking, shocking. Norwich have decided to turn up and start playing in this Premier League. Um, and they drew with them, didn't they? So that was a shame for me. Zero points. As soon as the red card came in, you know, when you just see it on your phone, you're like, ah, this is, this is not going to work out well for me at all. Yeah. You know, certain teams, you can think they could go down to 10 men and they'll still thump Norwich, but Newcastle are not one of them. Um. Mark, you went for Leicester to beat Southampton 3 1. Didn't happen. Danny, what was, what was that game? I don't know. 2 2. 2 2. Another draw. It was, these were the midweek games. Yeah, these were the midweek ones. Uh, Danny went for Liverpool to beat Everton. That was always going to happen, but the score was 4 1. No one can keep a clean sheet in this, this, uh, this, this football season. Impossible. The next fixtures for the weekend, this was my throw-up-in-the-air one, Wolves to beat Liverpool, just trying to get some teams taken off of the ones that I need to. Wolves to beat Liverpool 2-1, never going to happen, never will. They did not. unlucky. They, Superstar they beat Liverpool. Yeah, 95th minute or whatever goal. Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to win it. It was just going to be a draw, but there did you go. you see Jota's miss, by the way? Ah. Uh, uh, ridiculous. I mean, what are you doing? I think I saw someone tweet saying he's, he's still a Wolves player, or he's like, you know, he's got some friends on a team or something. He, he is another one who just had a shocking game. You know, yeah. sometimes players go back to play their old club and it just they're trying so hard, it just doesn't yeah. go. That's exactly what happened for him. It's weird seeing a score with Liverpool scoring one goal, isn't it? One nil. You're like, oh, that's... Oh, that can't be yeah. Right. Well, they should have scored about eight. But, yeah. yeah. 
But they're the type of games they need to win, isn't it? If they can't score and they just still get away with the win, I mean, they can't be... It's Arby he's getting all the love this week, isn't he? Yeah, same thing with Man United, 1-0 against Crystal Palace. It'd be nice to see them lose. Um, yeah, you went Wolves 2, I went Wolves 2-1, didn't happen. Danny went Leeds to beat Brentford. They drew, didn't happen. They're like the same team, aren't they? They're that exactly was, my the same that was what I was hoping was my gimme. I had to get them off my list as well. It's really? they're, they're the same team. They were, there was always going to be like... It's like that meme with Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man, and it being like, ah, yeah, in it. Uh, Mark, you went West Ham to beat Chelsea two nil. Fucking did it. Massive, yeah. massive result. You know, like this is why I don't pick home fixtures because I was like, yes, I picked West Ham to beat Chelsea, and then you're like, one point. What? what the- <laughs> yeah, I should get more for that. It was like. It's like Liverpool. Oh, they just scraped by Wolves. You feel like they shouldn't get three points for that. You know, yeah, didn't we say? I think we said last year, and they never did it. Oh, we need to look at the rules. I think we said we were going to look at um, look at underdogs and look at scoring, and maybe if you're like bottom half against top half. But I don't think this would have counted because West Ham are in fourth. So I don't think. It I think that makes it too complicated because it's not like we. It's not like there's loads of points to be had in this game. It's just a bit of fun to make the fixtures interesting. If, if you, for example, bet on Burnley to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, you should, and they do, you should get a ton of points for that because, like, who's who's betting that? This is Mark's game anyway, isn't it? Uh, no, is it just... I'll have a think about the rules. All right, good. Because uh, this is a low-scoring game. Um, it is. So I'm currently on 14 points. I've got to be careful now and stop messing around. Although I'm about to pick a fixture where I'm messing around. Mark has got 11 points. Danny, seven. Keeping up. Catching you. Coming for Keep you, Mark. Up. Uh, have you guys got some results for next week? Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Didn't expect it's that. It's almost like we're prepared. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? Uh, we'll do it one day later, I guess. That's why, isn't it? Since we moved it to Monday, I feel like we're more prepared. Sunday was just like, I can't be honest with this shit. Oh, no one does anything on a Sunday. No one's got time. Yeah, I do, well, I do loads on a Sunday. Everyone can pretend to be working and instead be preparing for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found like, on, a, on a Sunday, I was just aiming to watch the football by the pod. So it was like, especially if it was a big game on the Sunday, you'd watch yeah. that. And then it's like, yeah, all the, all the admin around it, you, would, you wouldn't have time for. So, Danny, you go first then. Yeah, I am going for a rejuvenated Damari Gray-led Everton uh, to beat Crystal Palace away. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Can you say that again? Because I was looking at someone else entirely. Uh, Sure. Uh, Everton to win 2-1 away at Palace. Everton to win 2-1 away from home at Palace. Yeah, the uh, Sunday afternoon game. Big, big game for Sky Sports. That what is Sky Sports playing at the moment? The last few weeks, they're scheduling <laughs> Sunday. So bizarre. Yeah, well, you got Gerard going back to Liverpool this weekend, and yeah, why is it TV. not on TV? Yeah, Norwich Man United are big, yeah. big game. <laughs> uh, it's just really, and then Watford Brentford is on the Friday night. What is going on with this fixture? It's so bizarre. Well, well, well. Don't don't uh, knock that fixture because that. That That's going to be goals, gonna, goals, goals. Yeah, and that is going to be my my pick of for my results league. So uh, <laughs> I'll be watching that. And uh, yeah, who's the I, winner? Well, after West Ham, only get me one point. I'm not picking a home fixture again for the rest of the season. So I'm going Watford to beat Brentford away, and I'm going to go as you said, goals, goals, goals. I'm going to go with two-one uh, Watford. 
That's uh, goals, goals. That's not goals, goals, goals. That's that's just. I goals. was, yeah. uh, I was uh, that was my second choice. Watford to beat Brentford. I think that's a good shout. Interesting. Two one. You said yeah. Yeah. Well, Tony, Tony, yes. Tony, having Tony, Tony, even he's Tony, out. Ivan so, Tony. He's yeah. out with uh, COVID. So big miss. Um, I am going for another big upset, a home upset. I'm going for Brighton to beat Spurs. I'm going to go 2-1 as well. That's actually a brilliant shout because the game's either not going to happen or they're going to have about four players. There you go. Thank you, Dan. Your approval means everything to me. The guy finishing dead last. You wait. I'm coming for you. I'm one, I'm one away win away from like being second, so chill out. Join. You know, I'm yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're one away, and then yeah, one away fixture, I guess, from being joint second. What about that? Still being last. <laughs> yeah, we got Champions League. Yeah, love it. Back, we've got the last fixtures for our Champions League draft. Oh, I, yeah, I saw tonight. Man City just lost. Hey, what's the game to watch tonight? What's the one, Dan? Man City losing to. I reckon they lose two one to Leipzig. Yeah. I'm trying to think which is the most interesting one. Which one's got the most... Well, was it, well uh, was it you that took out Leipzig from your uh, last week? Yeah, of course I did. But not only did they go and win 5-0, they've just gone and beaten City 2-1. Yeah. But so then they didn't me, qualify, so you would have lost the points Yeah, points there, isn't um, it? I might go multi-screen, I think. I think I'm going to go Milan, Liverpool. Oh, what my God. That? It was, uh, yeah, that's, fucking that's, hell. What's Leipzig done? Oh. So oh Milan Liverpool's history have been decent games, and uh, also yeah. Milan, Milan have just gone top of the league so in Serie A. So I don't. I think I'm going to have. I think I'm going to have Real Madrid versus Inter and Milan versus Liverpool on. Yeah, they're, they're obviously the two good ones tonight. I think. Um, I, I don't know tomorrow. I'm trying to think yeah. who if, the Atalanta Villarreal one's quite interesting. Yeah. Chelsea will Chelsea will rest players because they're through Juventus are through their rest players. Um, Benfica based on the the uh, Barcelona. Barcelona game. Yeah, will we'll, we'll rest players because Ranjit came out and said uh, he wanted to pick Phil Jones this week, but um, realised he wasn't part of the uh, Champions League squad, oh my God. <laughs> so he couldn't pick him. So uh, if that's an in- indication of where he's looking to pick the team from. Yeah. Well, Danny's young boys might actually get a win. Uh, they they might do. They might. Well, they beat United last time, didn't they? No, I think Bayern Barcelona is the tie because if Barcelona lose, they probably probably don't even make it into third place. They probably get bottom of the league, of the group. Shocking. They're going to get smashed, isn't it? They're going to get absolutely smashed. They might do. But the only thing is Bayern are through, so they might rest players. So maybe. Not. I don't know what. They, yeah, I have no idea what Bayern's depth is like. I mean, pretty strong. Yeah, but. You'd like to think Benfica's going to get a result against Dynamo Kiev. You'd like to, at home, they need to. Um, yeah, there you go. Anything else? I think the only thing we've got left is front three, back four. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I'll go first because I've forgotten one, so I'm just going to go and pick another one, if that's all right. Sure. Um, go while you, while you do that. Uh, yeah. No, no, I got this. I got this. In my front three this week is uh, white privilege. White privilege is in uh, my front three this week. It's normally a bad thing, but this time it's a good thing. No, in my back four this week is white privilege. That makes more sense. <laughs> I was going to say. 
That makes absolutely more sense. What have I done? Put it in my front three. How racist of me. Uh, <laughs> white privilege is in my back for this week because uh, a 10-year-old is set to retire at the age of 15 because of her fidget toy making. So she's uh, got a young girl named um, Pixie Curtis who made uh, some fidget spinners and have made some toys. And uh, she's earned over 200,000 Australian dollars. I mean, if that's not white privilege, I don't know what is. Well, first of all, she doesn't have a double-barreled name, so I'm not sure how you can say she's... Yeah. Because I don't have a business and I don't have six-figure in uh, taken from no business I don't have. And I'm black. There's no other reason, is it? <laughs> I didn't realise this was becoming... She's a 10-year-old. How can yeah. she be earning $200,000? She's 10 years old. You're telling me there's another reason? Uh, hard work, ingenuity... Smarts. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You haven't. You haven't lived my experience, Dan. You've got no idea. (laughs) No idea how offended, how offensive this is to me. Shocking. Why don't don't she just? Why don't she give that to charity? How about that? This is all in jest. She's done a great job. Well done, Pixie. That was why it was in your front three. That was why it was in my front three, and I realised that didn't work for the joke. So I had to flip it around, but that's okay because my back four can always also be my front three. Because in my front three this week, the con men, uh, most namely, uh, oh no, anti vaxxers are in my front three this week because an Italian anti vaxxer tried to use a fake arm. To uh, jab. Did you have that? That's my, that oh. mine. <laughs> I thought for sure, Mark, you were going to pick Boris PD Plod. Oh, uh, yeah, like, but apparently, that's the uh, just the filming for um. The new line of duty. What do you want? Do you want it or do you want Boris? No, no, go on. You, you can go, Chris. You All right. It. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> an Italian person tried to, in his mid fifties, try to, um, yeah, dodge his vaccination by using a fake uh, prosthetic arm. Um, didn't quite work out for him. He was reported <laughs> to the police for fraud. <laughs> I would like how many? If you if you said you said someone tried to use a fake arm um, to get their, uh, to dodge their vaccine. Italy's going to be up there in one of the countries where this guy's from, isn't it? It's going to be like Italy, maybe a guy from America, Florida, namely. Um, Florida, Florida yeah. man. Scotland, well, 100%. A, well, he's a dentist. So I hope he won't use that arm to replace people's teeth or anything. You're just lying in the chair and see this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny what the lengths of uh, some of these anti-vaxxers will go for just not to get it. There you go. It's funny. I guess, well, I don't know what they're doing in Italy. If, they, if they're being oppressive as well and stopping people. They are. That's why he did it. He said he, he, he wanted to just get the, the pass because he couldn't go to certain shops. And yeah. he was like, he don't want the vaccine, but he's not allowed to do certain things. So it, the nurse was saying that... Um, she didn't really think much was up. And then she she held his arm and looked at his arm and was like, oh, this is the wrong colour. It's a bit bright. And it said the arm was uh, made of foam. So, so, um, so it was like, she, she was like, she was so suspicious, but she was like, I've just had such a boring life. She was like, nothing like this could really happen to me. So it sort of took a while for her to, for it to sink in before she was like, actually, this guy's coming with a fake arm to get the jab. Did she jab his arm? 
I see they never mentioned that bit. How far she went. I really want to know if they jab, if she jabbed the arm and that's where she found out. Because like when I've had it, they don't even look like it's like you lift up your t-shirt, but then does that straight in? Yeah. So, well, they, yeah, they, but I mean, I feel like they would know by the texture of your arm and your yeah. skin and stuff. It's like it's not that hard to not see a fake arm, like. Or when they wipe the antibacterial wipe before it, it just discolors. Yeah, it. some it of the paint comes off. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> burns a hole. It doesn't say whether he went through with it. So, I'd also like to know, like, know. in terms. Oh no, of Danny! He died of COVID. No, I'm yeah. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'd like. I'd like to know how muscly he got it as well. So, like, if he just, I just like, imagine him with one, one of those one mannequin arm. arms, isn't it? The mannequin yeah. arms in the shot. Yeah. 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 In, and he's got a little hand just like that. <laughs> doesn't bend at the elbow uh it's just like yeah just squeeze your hand just squeeze that no, not doing anything danny mark who wants to go uh okay oh, I'll, you go I'll, I'll, t- well, I'll take i'll go and then i can take mark's other one and then he's got mark. yeah i'll go on then do it please uh, I, I definitely won't they're just uh i'm, tr- I'm trying to My think free this week is bitcoin all bitcoin. right then. No, I'm, I'm, I know you don't want me to talk about that, so I'm not going to. I'm trying to think a bit more out of the box. You're only not talking about it because it's been crashing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's already back up. Danny's thinking outside of the box back for front three, back four. He's talking about football outside of the Premier League. Come on. Well, so uh, I'm, I'm, I tried to stay away from football, but there was a very good football story. But my front three this week is tattoos. Oh, great um, band. Football related, but uh, in Brazil that last week, uh, Atletico Mineiro won their first league title in 50 years. And do you know what they did? They offered all of their fans free tattoos. And do you know what the fans did? They turned up in their droves, hundreds of them, and they all got tattoos for free from the club. What was really nice that I really liked that they did is they said, um, so they had one in four designs. I think they're called the Roosters. So most people got like a rooster or the club badge or whatever. And they had like 30 people lined up ready to do tattoos. So they had it all properly done. Um, but they asked everyone that got a tattoo to donate a kilogram of food to a food bank or a charity to help in the local area because they come from quite a poor place in Brazil, which I think was a really nice touch. So there are now hundreds, if not thousands of people, Atletico Mineiro fans who not only saw celebrate their first league title in their lifetime, also now have tattoos and are feeding the poor. So, yeah, that's my fun free. You've made that really difficult to make any jokes about that. So go to your next one. Well, it's a good good news story. Uh, my bag for this week is maple syrup. Uh, I don't know if you saw overrated, uh, underrated. Hold on, before you start, overrated, underrated maple syrup. I don't even. I don't like it at all. It's horrible, isn't I, it? I like it, but not more than honey. So I don't no, honey's like way better. Honey. Than yeah, golden really syrup good. is king. Well, it maple syrup is in my bag for this week because it is in short supply. So Canada are the world's largest exporter of maple syrup. Ironic, not. Uh, they actually account for 70% of all the maple syrup in the world. And funnily enough, half of that goes to America, who knew. Um, but there is such a shortage of maple syrup this year, they've had to go to their special reserve banks to be able to fulfil the orders. And they're worried they might not have enough because there's so much demand for syrup. And when they were quizzed about why the big company that provides all the syrup uh, they said, well, because of COVID, so many more people are at home and cooking, that the demand for maple syrup has gone up in America. Uh, and what's more is they had a really bad harvest this year. They had to 
crappy spring so they couldn't really get a load more so canada are running out of maple syrup and they don't know what to do about it because that is a massive export so big problem they must have made so much money what off of maple syrup yeah well, yeah, they're the biggest export. They're well. biggest they're export. export. Yeah, but they're selling out. It's like, yeah. oh, man, I can't keep up with demand. I think there's some like 50 million uh, litres they had to get surplus because they were running out. They're in their but, You know what? That, that makes me think that there must be something, there must be at least... 10 other things that are running out. Like, we're in danger now. That's that's really made me worry. because. Well, <laughs> have you seen your electricity bills recently? Well, I mean, food. I don't care about that stuff. I'm talking about food. Like, how can make loads, loads of stuff. Loads of stuff is in short supply. Well, I mean, there's massive yeah. supply yeah. problems. Well, well actually, my back, my back four was going to be a supply problem, but I don't really want to do it now. But, but I'll do it anyway. And mine was the, the microchips. I know it's been an issue for like over a year now, but Halo come out this week and I've been wanting to get an Xbox for a while now and Halo's come out. It looks amazing. It's got great reviews and you still can't buy an Xbox anywhere. Xbox and PlayStation 5 came out over a year ago. They blame COVID. I think COVID gets blamed for everything. Like, But there's also a chip shortage, which means there's so much, there's short supply, like... um, Secondhand cars are now gone up in value because it's so yeah. hard to get new cars. Like Xboxes are, they're all on eBay for twice the price. Same as PlayStation Fives. Apple are, are saying they're struggling to get enough phones out. You're like, all the kids, all the kids, this, all this Christmas, uh, kids this Christmas will be getting wooden yo-yos. Yeah, wooden horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although the price of wood's gone up. So oh like, fuck, never ending. <laughs> True. Timber timbers at like four times the price of last year. So bricks about like three times. And Danny, you picked a good time to to, to well, do. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having to wait seven months for a car to arrive. It's probably going to arrive with no USB ports and no charging capabilities because they haven't got the chips. Yeah. And I'm trying to build a house and I've got no building materials. It's an absolute nightmare. Have you not Get got a end. car for seven months? Well, I'm no. changing mine, so I've got mine until then. Of course. Oh. I'm, but, no. Um. No, I've had to wait. I have to wait seven months for it to be delivered. So that's it. Danny's got to wait seven months for a car. I've got to wait for my new Xbox. These are the real problems. This is what I said. Maple syrup, Dan. There are many things worse than this. <laughs> Outrageous. I've Shocking. Got, I've got almost two weeks off of work over Christmas. I just want to play some Xbox. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, so I can't. Um my my front three this week is um is is boxing, so I don't know if you've seen. I feel like you're about to laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, there's a major boxing fight coming up this <laughs> don't in even the next know couple of weeks. It. So um, Jake Paul versus uh Tyrone Woodley, the rematch. So, oh. Uh, so it was meant to be Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, and Tommy Fury is now pulled out. So, I. I was actually looking forward to that fight and I thought there's no way Jake Paul's actually going to fight him because like Tommy Fury is actually a boxer. Well, supposedly. But he was a boxer before he went Yeah, he is. He does actually know how to box. What's his record? Apparently he's not got a very good record. Well, it's it's because it, no boxer does in their first first four fights. Like they, no they boxer always, in their first four fights. Yeah, like he's he's beat them all, but it's just, he's just fighting nobody. It's like all boxers. Um, but he is actually 
brought up as a boxer and trained as a boxer. So I was thinking, I don't know if Jake Paul will actually fight him, but it's actually Tommy who's pulled out now. So, uh, yeah, it was in the contract. If he lost, he'd have to change his name to Tommy Fumbles. And um, <laughs> they were so they were like, they're, they're so confident. They were like, there's so many stupid clauses that we just signed in. We didn't care. And the Furies are, uh, are quite funny. They, BT had to, I don't know if you saw the press conference last week. BT had to to apologize for Big John Fury's rant. So uh, Big John Fury is Tyson and Tommy's dad. And he should not be on TV. He's been on BT while Tyson's had this revival. And you can tell he's doing his best not to lose it. But then during the press conference with Jake Paul, Jake Paul wound him up and he lost it. And he was like, we're going to knock you out and then grab your girlfriend, bend her over and fuck her like a dog. Oh my god, he, he's not even the one fighting. I know, I was gonna say, you can't say that if you're the fighter, maybe you shouldn't say it, but like you can only say that if you're fighting. Yeah, you, but the, you the thing with the Furies is there's clearly an, an order of, of authority there because Tyson and Tommy, when he says it, are just like it's like cringe that they're, they're looking at their feet, that like Tyson turns away, they. No one there says to Big John, hey, you shouldn't have said that. That um, didn't. Yeah. And, uh, Not that I would know. I, I didn't go out with one. But the reason it's in my front three is because I felt sorry for Tyron Woodley. He, he lost to Jake Paul in the first fight. Jake Paul said, I would only give you a rematch if you get a tattoo saying, I love Jake Paul. Tyron Woodley got the tattoo. And then Jake Paul went, well, you took, you took too long to get it. I'm not fighting you. So Tyron Woodley was there for, he's still in training. He was like, I'm I've got this tattoo on his hand saying I love Jake Paul and Jake Paul won't fight him. But now Tommy's pulled out. Tyron can actually get get the rematch. So if he loses twice to him, that'd be so embarrassing. I mean the first time when he got the tattoo, I couldn't believe it. I was like, So Jake Paul was like, You get a tattoo if I love Jake Paul, I'll uh I'll fight you. And then he but actually I mean, got it. It's they'll like, get they'll, he could get it tattooed over, you know. He's got enough tattoos anyway. I know, but it's just the point, and it? it's just like, just shows, yeah, like the power Jake Paul has over him. Well, so deal's a deal. If you say you got to give your man your word, didn't it? Like, or maybe yeah, just the, I can't remember what he one. said. He said there was a couple of things. He was like, one, it was the the tattoo was too small. Two, it looks like it's been designed in a way where he could easily change it to fuck Jack, Jake Paul. Yeah, and uh, so he was just, like, I'm not fighting you. But luckily, Tommy's pulled out now, so. Two I wonder if that was the I plan think... all along. Mm. Interesting. I don't know because, like, for Tommy, he was like, it's, it's a big payday, easy win, whatever. But now he won't even get that fight again. So mm. there you go. Right, that is all talk FC. Lovely. Uh, we will see you next week for more football talk. Yeah. Maybe got a lot of stuff going on. We talk about football next time. Hopefully, that'd be great. Some actual football matches. Um, and then maybe we'll have a break during Christmas, who knows? Or we'll do more. Who knows? Alright, see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.